0: on everyone. Thanks for tuning in for today's episode. I got my good buddy Mikey on the podcast today. um, And I had something happen this episode that has never happened before in the history of Gutsy Media Podcast. So stay tuned for that. But first, if you want to do more and continue to support after the episode ends, all you have to do is like, subscribe, share, tell a friend, buy some merch, or follow us on social media. That's Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Letterboxd, Also, don't forget to support those who support us. This episode is brought to you by Ridley's Gaming Realm. They've been a huge supporter of ours, and we can't be happier to have them as a partner. So check out Ridley's Gaming Realm on Facebook, where they set themselves apart by having an amazingly low scam rating. uh, For buying and selling any of your retro gaming needs, needs, that's Ridley's Gaming Realm. So check them out, and make sure to tell them that DFAT sent you. Uh, Mike picked 2018's legal drama, Monster... Starring Kelvin Harris Jr., ASAP Rocky, and Jennifer Helley. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. So um, let's find out. Without further ado, on with the show. This this first time I ever did that, as far as watch the wrong movie. First time, first time ever. Yeah, right, hopefully, so hopefully, it's gonna be the last one.
1: You and I have had a history of uh, speed bumps, per se.
0: Yeah, we have not. <laughs> we right? have not recorded a, a good podcast.
1: Yeah, well, no, I, I would disagree. We, we the did. Podcast we, that we did publish was a good podcast, right. but so, we've had so, some hiccups.
0: Yeah, so for the listener, I had you on season one, and you picked what movie? What was the first movie? Did, I picked Concussion? the first movie was Concussion with Will Smith. Right, which we fully recorded. Yep. But the audio came out really badly. So I honestly, had
1: my laptop audio versus right. my uh uh blue awesome two hundred dollar microphone recording. Right.
0: <laughs> so we ended up scrapping that, we re recorded it and we put out draft day, which came out well. In right. fact, draft day actually made my top ten movies. I out, saw that, which was nice. Then I decided to have you back on for season two. Thank you very much for for agreeing. I could have sworn you picked Mother to the point where I watched Mother, prepared notes for Mother, and sat down to record an episode of Mother with you. I uh, don't want to,
1: but I don't want this to go on air
0: to leave it up to what happened. Did you go back at the text messages? Yeah, you went back through the text messages, and you were one hundred percent right. I, okay, okay, that. It was Monster that you had picked, the movie Monster, 2018, and that's what we're talking about here today, 2018's legal drama film, Monster, starring Kelvin Harrison Jr., who goes on to do The Trial of the Chicago, Chicago 7, which is a phenomenal movie. We're now, talk it was about a that.
1: 2018 film. However, Netflix published it and released it in May of 2021.
0: Correct. Yeah, and I definitely want to talk about that, too, because that has got some interesting uh, ramifications, but also in this movie, Jennifer L.A.? I think is how you pronounce her last name. It's E-H-L-E, which is... I think it's just L. Maybe just L. She's from Zero Dark Thirty. She was in Fifty Shades of Grey. She did a couple minor other roles as well. Um, We're definitely going to get into Rakim ASAP Rocky Mayers, who is also in Zoolander 2 and the movie Dope, um, and this movie. So, yeah, so that's what happened. I, I watched a completely wrong movie. We ended up having to postpone... Um, a couple days so that I could watch the right movie. And here we are today. Thank you for, for bearing with me. And hopefully that never happens again.
1: It's all good. And, and second off, to add to your topic, this movie derived from a book.
0: Yes. It's based on a novel, a young adult novel by the same name, written by Walter Dean Myers. That's correct. Yep. So he writes the book. They find somebody to make the book. Um, Bronze Studios makes the, uh, turns the book into a movie, which they release in 2018 at Sundance Film Festival. At that point, it is purchased by Netflix, who puts it out um, May 7th, 2021, which is pretty insane because everything that I read said that Netflix really didn't change anything about the movie because somehow it took them you know, over 18 months to release it on their platform. And I mean, granted, there's going to be some time there to sign contracts and stuff, but when oh, there's
1: COVID. you know you're holding out hope for being one of those movies that the movie theaters open and boom, you're out there. You're number one. People can go out there and buy tickets. Maybe that was, Oh one of yeah,
0: that's, that's a good point. I mean, I, I guess I just assumed Netflix bought it immediately after the, the film festival, but maybe yeah, not. they could have, maybe they were shopping it around for a little while. And then when COVID hit, they said, screw it. Let's just sell it to a, to a streaming service. But
1: now did you see who the executive producers were? Um, I did not. The executive producers are Nas, and most most mainly in charge of the film, not the book, obviously, was John Legend.
0: Oh, I did not see that. Yeah. John Legend. It doesn't surprise me Nas is involved. Nas is heavily involved in, I would say, um I don't know how to word it. He he takes up films that have an underlying cause or are striving to display something. And this is kind of right up that alley. He's very um, methodical. Yeah, he, he's very methodical. It's a, it's a good way of putting it. The movie is rated R for language throughout some violence and bloody images. And, I couldn't find any information on the budget of the film. I mean, obviously it was independent film. I will say this though. The DVD and Blu-ray sales are estimating around $41,000 right now. So no, this movie by no means is a blockbuster. I would say it's relatively unknown. I I think the biggest thing known about this movie is the fact that ASAP Rocky's in it and also Jennifer Hudson's in it. He plays kind of a minor role. Um, I also want to give a shout out to Jeffrey Wright. He's a, you're a huge listener of the show he was in westworld he's an actor in westworld oh nice um, he, he plays the father in this role so let's let's talk about the first thing i'd love to talk about wh- why did you pick this film um
1: <clears throat> so let's let, let's take a step back first and foremost so we i know we talked about it earlier um and we mentioned that in season one you and i got together for concussion things didn't mm-hmm. go right okay what is concussion about it's football right So I then again picked the second movie draft day based on very similar to the draft or the the pre-draft trade that Seattle had with the Washington Redskins uh, ultimately ending up in RG3. So I'm a very I'm a football I'm fond of football.
0: You're you're a sports nut. I mean, you are probably the the biggest sports nut I know.
1: But if I had to pick any sport, football is my ultimate favorite right it just Fair enough, yeah. just i understand the complexities of it blah 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 so i but i when well, you and i were playing frisbee golf one week and i told you i wanted to do something different mm-hmm. and there's a few a few reasons for that and one is i i want to have i want to present to you a movie that you haven't seen that maybe changes your thought on you know a good movie or not a good movie but maybe you like the movie you know what i mean you know what i mean that's, so i want to i want to show you a movie you've never seen that you're like this is a good movie
0: so that's that's an interesting approach first off i i thoroughly appreciate that to me that is ultimately what i think th- the guests should be striving for is is presenting a good movie whether in my opinion or their opinion um, right
1: but it's something to talk about it's that's something to interested.
0: talk about right And what's ironic about this, and I mentioned this in a previous show, and this will be the second time I mention it on air, uh, I'm thinking about, and I think I'm I'm pretty settled on, uh, doing a gimmick for season three, whereas I'm going to be challenging the guests to try to make my top ten list. So I'll be coming out with a new top ten, covering all the movies from season one and season two. And then season three will be try to challenge, challenge the guest and make my top three. So it sounds like that was kind of your motivation here. Well, it, it
1: was. was. So let, let's finish up a little bit. So after the, the first, the first season, second season came along and I, I knew you were wondering if anybody out there was interested in season two. And I reached out to you because, yeah. and I know you appreciate me coming, but I probably appreciate you inviting me more than you appreciate me coming. So let's <laughs> well, just thank put you. that. A lot. <laughs> I really, I, I have a good time doing this. Uh, I try to let loose. Uh, it just lets me just be free in, in what people envision me of, because when I choose a movie, it's okay. He must like this movie for some reason. So they attribute it to me, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, no, it does make sense. And honestly, this was not a movie that I thought you would like. If I watched this movie, I I wouldn't assume that you would enjoy this.
1: Which is surprising. That's why that changes the game. So, can't wait. I can't wait now, if, you, if you take a step back, so I again, we, the second season, we had some hiccups. Right. And the first time was me. I chose what's called Sorry to Bother You, uh, which I
0: still have not seen, by the way. It,
1: it, it's a good movie, very good movie. Um, I would say it's uh, politically based in the aspect of it, it's uh, some of the things they do, they don't tell you it's because of X, Y, and Z, but it's, it's very political esque. Mm-hmm if you know what I mean. Yeah, totally. And I did like that movie for that sense. And I think in that mindset, I was, okay, what is Bobby going to like too much? But then I saw this movie, Monster. And to me, I was like, one, it brings these phenomenal conversations that, especially in the year 2021, is extremely necessary. But it really makes you think about yourself,
0: yeah, this movie is insane, and I, I definitely want to get into the details of the movie because we're not going to do it justice. This, this movie walks such a fine line that it spurs a very deep and philosophical question, which I can't wait to get into with you. But but go ahead, keep going.
1: So so again, when I saw this movie, it was one of those things where I'm just like, man, that like it kind of bothered me that I gave you that other movie when I saw this one. <laughs> Wow! (laughs) To put it in a a clear honest sense When I saw this movie I'm like If I really go through with Sorry to bother you I'm going to feel bad about it So that's why I reached out to you and was like Hey man can we switch
0: So how did you see this movie
1: Me and Junior We were hanging out Um, My wife was in Oklahoma with Mia So they were both gone It was just me and Junior in the house He was going to move soon And we are like hey let's drink some fucking beer Let's take some shots. Let's watch a fucking movie. And we did that twice in a row. And the first one was starting to bother you. And the second one was monster. Wow. And and Junior and I just, you know, as far as movies, we click, we kind of get it. What's a good movie? Like there's good movies, but there's Mm -hmm. good movies. Right. And this one, we were just like, that was a good fucking movie.
0: And for those of you who don't under like, if you're listening to that conversation, and you're like, "What the What the hell does that mean?" There's good movies and there's good movies. The, this This is why it is so hard to answer somebody when they say, "What's your favorite movie?" Because there right. are movies that you watch and you're like, "That is a very entertaining movie. That movie entertained me. It was It was enjoyable to watch." And then there's other movies that you watch and you're like, "That movie was insane and has has." Stirred in me something beyond entertainment. Whether There's be... a third
1: category that I, would, that I would say. Okay. I consider a separate category. I consider it more of a communication or mental-based film. So it's not something that you like or dislike or get um, fulfilled or not fulfilled. It's what makes my mind think
0: yeah i mean to me that is that is the same category as like it's a good or or great even it's a movie that maybe isn't it's not an entertaining movie it's not the explosions it's not the michael bay transformers you know avengers movie it's a movie like this that you watch and you're like wow that is something new on film so so let's let's get into it we have Kelvin Harrison is um, an act, the actor who is playing a, a kid. Yeah, he plays Steve Harmon. He's a kid. The movie starts off, and in the opening kind of credits, you're watching this robbery take place through um, uh, through surveillance of like a convenience store. To, and when you go... say
1: robbery, let's kind of let's kind of be more descriptive. So the camera is, if you can envision a convenience store, and you're right, behind right. the cashier's back. And there's two men in hoodies covered their faces that are robbing you with bandanas and attacking you. That's the vision, the surveillance, the CCS camera, if you will, that's the vision that's that you're given.
0: Yeah, this is, this is a New York city bodega and it seems like it's, I think part of some of the cameras or all the cameras are black and white. So you can't really tell if it's night or day, but it definitely kind of looks, you know, I don't know. I, I thought it was nighttime in the, in the cameras, but obviously it wasn't later on, but regardless, The next scene of the movie is a young kid, um, the Steve Harmon, who is essentially being booked. He is emptying his pockets. He is, he's very scared. He's playing very scared. He's playing. I don't know what's happening. Um, he asks if his mom's inside and the cop is basically like, you know, thumbprint, fill this out. Do you have any diseases? Do you have any addictions, any affiliations, blah, blah, blah. And he's going through central booking. Now
1: let's, 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 I want to get more descriptive in this. And this is what I wrote down. Okay. When he was in the, in the jail, they were trying to portray Steve Harmon as an innocent young adult from the, from the very beginning. And what I mean by that is when he was emptying his pockets, doing his thumbprints, did you notice he had what he had in his pockets? He had like a dollar. Yep. Um, white, white headphones,
0: right? I remember the and headphones
1: he a, he and he had pop rocks,
0: right? Yeah. hundred percent. So, I mean, I, I, I agree with you that there's a, an innocent undertone, but I think what At more, this ac- time. right. They're more accurately displaying him as a, as a child, like with the pop rocks, like he's got candy in his pocket. He's a kid, you know? And I think they're trying to draw you into this innocence through through childhood i guess is what i would go with so he goes through the central booking and um i'm not going to go scene by scene because it's a little hard to do so the the movie is a mixture of the trial that is taking place because he has been arrested as having participated in this robbery right and flashbacks of his life yeah. Um there's flashbacks of him interacting with his brother, him interacting with his parents, him interacting at school where he's in like he's taking like an acting class, also him interacting with kids in the neighborhood, specifically uh ASAP Rocky, William. Right, who's who's who plays William? Uh, she, the way, he plays the way, James King.
1: Yeah, well it's William King in William court, King, but yeah. they call him James. Um, but the biggest thing what what you're saying is you know it's it's hard to go back to these scenes but if you just kind of add them up what what they what they're trying to show you is that he has two very solid parents and a mom and a dad his mom is very supportive his dad is in marketing doing like the advertisements so he's very uh artistic I would call it but they also rely on Steve Harmon to babysit the younger brother, which they also show to be almost best friends. So this kid is almost like the, this this teenage parent-esque uh, mature adult, if you will.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's they're going out of their way to display him. He's in a good, right. good home. He's got a good upbringing. His parents love each other. They love him. You know, good relationship with his siblings. They have a nice house. I think at one point they talk about something, something got lost or broken. And his dad's like, yeah, let's just go buy another one. Like it's, it's like nothing to them. Um, but they're, they're trying to say they're trying to break down your stereotypes. Oh, of course. And one thing I wrote down, um, I want to, the director for this film is Anthony Maddler. He has done nothing, a bunch of video shorts. He did a bunch of, uh, Jonas brothers stuff like behind the scenes uh, DVD releases and shit like that. So he's not known for anything. And one of the things that I think people don't consider when they, when they look at a director and how they're putting a film together is you as an audience member, you are sitting down and you probably know little to nothing about this film. You don't know where it's going to go. You probably know the genre. I know if I'm watching a horror movie or an action movie and through the trailers, I can generally understand who the good guys are, who the bad guys are. And some, sometimes you don't because the trailer gives you nothing, um, like in the case of Mother, but that's besides the point. Um, <laughs> uh, and in this movie, like I walked into this movie and I knew absolutely nothing about it, not a single thing. And what we take for granted is, as a director, you know what the movie's about. And you were putting together a film for somebody to watch and learn what the movie's about. And it's hard to step back and say, what do I have to show rather than tell. And so often directors rely on telling you something. And what that does is it tells the audience, you're too dumb to figure this out, or I'm too bad of a director to show you this. I have to tell it to you because you're not going to get it. So are you
1: implying that the director did not do a good job in this movie or that he did do a good job? The
0: the opposite. I'm implying that he did an amazing job. Okay. Because at no point, I agree. Yeah. At no point do they say, look how young Steve Harmon is look he's just a kid because they show and, him in school they show right. him at home they 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 show you they show you through the pop rocks they show you that he's an innocent child and at no point actually i take that back i think there's one scene where somebody mentions how he he comes from a good upbringing or something like that but outside of that they're showing you the love that his parents have and how they're trying to display to you this kid is innocent why would he do something like this he's got such a nice house why would he do something like this? And this is kind of the approach his lawyer's taking in the courtroom. She is trying to show the jury that this kid is innocent. He, what what he's being accused of is this man who he becomes friends with, uh, James King, played by uh, ASAP Rocky. He and. Steve become friends. Steve is a, is a film student. Well, how do
1: they, how do they become friends though? Let's back up a little bit. How do they yeah, become friends? So
0: ASAP Rocky's playing basketball. Um, Steve is kind of taking pictures or video or something. And he's taking well, Steve, video.
1: Steve was in a, uh, I, I just want to say art class, movie class. I, yeah. I, I don't know what to call it. Uh, you could tell from the beginning that he is pat, his passion is artistry, whether it's cinema, but there's a scene that the the teacher talks about making your own movie, finding your own story. And then they go into Steve Harmon, taking pictures of this kid skateboarding and doing these cool things. And that's where he runs into, uh, ASAP Rocky King playing basketball. And mind you, you can't just say he runs into him playing basketball and does this. The minute he runs into him, King is obviously, uh, not you could tell he's intimidated by ASAP Rocky, not just not because of the way he presents himself, but just who he is and I his think, nature.
0: I think maybe in the initial meeting, like in the first couple minutes, but I, I don't think he displays intimidation after that. I, I see ASAP Rocky kind of says to him, "Hey, I've seen you around." You know, you're not, you're not a stranger to me, but I don't really know who you are either. I've seen you around. You're taking all these videos and and pictures and stuff like that. I, I know the streets. You come chill with me and I'll, and I'll show you some stuff. And Steve's like, okay. Like he's trying to find, he's trying to find the story. He wants, he wants to put out the good, the good movie. So he's like, I'm down. I'm going to have to go a little bit, maybe in harm's way, but I'm down. And the two of them develop, I would say a friendship. So, I mean, I I think initially they seem to, they seem to be hanging out a a decent amount. We're not
1: hanging out in the movie. That's
0: you're you're right. That's there's, they show a couple different flashback scenes, at least three or four where the two of them are together. And ASAP is kind of explaining to him the streets, you know, that building over there, it looks like this, but but it's actually that
1: every time that happens, doesn't it appear as though uh, Steve Harmon runs into him either on his way home from somewhere?
0: Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. It doesn't. So he's not, he's
1: not going out of his way to hang out with this kid.
0: Yeah, I would agree with that. I would agree with that. But also their interactions are friendly. Steve's not looking to to run away from him either. They have, they have conversations. He's kind of appreciating the information he's getting from ASAP. And it, you almost get the sense that ASAP might be somewhat trying to take him under the wing a little bit, but regardless, these interactions happen. And what else is happening is uh, Steve – this is kind of a side a side note. Steve has, like, an issue with another kid in the neighborhood um, where they almost exchange blows. And King kind of steps up and sees this happening and is like, you will leave my man alone. It's uh, Os- or, or, Osvaldo. Yeah. So he sticks up for Steve. Um, and it, it's kind of a passing scene. Nothing really crazy happens. And then another gentleman shows up, Bobo, who is – King's cousin or just friend?
1: Yes, I think it's, I believe it, he, I, I don't know. I'm not 100% I sure. Think I think he's introduced
0: as his cousin. I'm pretty sure. So anyway, so this is all being told in flashback. What's also taking a place in the courtroom is these people that you're running into are testifying. So you run into this kid that, that Steve has beef with. And That's then, yeah. And then in the current time, that same kid is on the witness stand testifying that he heard through the streets that Steve was involved in this. Um, although he, you know, he didn't ever interact with Steve during, you know, whatever planning meetings they were having or whatever, whatever. Also also
1: said. He's 15 and he did this because he was scared of Bobo.
0: Right? Yeah. I mean that, that whole, that whole kind of side story, take it or leave it. it doesn't really do much for me. What you I what you did, have,
1: you gotta look at it. You got to look at it as an individual person though.
0: Well, as what in, it, individual
1: people as Valdo, if he was scared of, uh, of Bobo and, and feared for getting his ass whooped as a 15 year old and you're told
0: to do something, you know, even if it's bad, you're going to have to think about it. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. But I think, I think what the movie is attempting to do is just kind of stack the deck and say, nobody, what had hand knowledge of really all the parties involved in this. Everybody knew one or two other people involved, but didn't know everybody involved. Right. And that's kind of what they're trying to paint, right? To the, to the jury and to the, the viewers. So what happens, you, you find out through the combination of flashbacks and trial that Bobo and King... Are, were the two robbers of this bodega. They were the two guys that ran inside. Well, hold and- on.
1: You're going too far ahead, though. So let's go back. To the, I want to go back to the lawyer because that's a big part in the movie. Okay. Is defense lawyer. Right. By his, I mean Steve Harmon. Right. Um, there's a few things that I wrote down about because I don't want to go too far ahead yet. You're, so go ahead, man. Talk about whatever you want to talk about. At, at the beginning, he was arrested. He found the pop rocks and he went to jail and mm-hmm. he meets, he meets his lawyer, his defense attorney, which was assigned to him. Right. And the first thing he asks her is, you know, she puts down her paperwork. He goes, basically, is this all of your clients right now. And she says, yeah. And he's like, how many of those tell you that they're innocent? She says all of them. And he goes, I don't feel good. I need to put my head down. And then it to me it was kind of comic relief because he goes, "Can I say something?" She goes, "Yeah." He goes, "I'm innocent." She goes, "You could have just said I didn't do it." Right. <laughs> different words, different right. verbiage. You know, I thought that was kind of comic relief. But uh, my my the thing that rubs me is does she ultimately believe this kid or not? Is she just doing her job or does she believe him? That's part of the story to me. That
0: to me that. I could care less. That has nothing. I did. I did write down in my notes that he seems very focused on being believed. Like he, he actually asks his dad as well. Um, in in, in a very recent scene after that, do, you know, you believe me, right? Like he's very focused on people believing that he's innocent, which I thought was very mild foreshadowing. Um, but I, I, her, whether she believes him or not means nothing to me. In fact, her character, while I will admit, is very, very in the movie. She's in a lot of scenes. Her character, I take her to leave it. I, she does nothing for me. Same thing with um, uh, Paul Ben-Victor's in this movie. He yeah. plays uh, the, the DA. He does nothing for me either. The, the two lawyers are just essentially supposed to be opposing viewpoints what? that could have been spat by anybody.
1: I don't know. I, I think I, I piece this down a little bit, maybe more than I should. I look at the, the DA's assistant and whatever his fucking name is. Um, I think he, at the beginning, he made a comment. and I, I think I have it wrote, written down here. Um, that we're quick, we're quick to judge. Uh, so basically when the defense attorney and this guy, the DA's assistant went out in front of the mythological mirror that you can only see through once, um, and Steve Harmon was in the waiting room. He said, hey, take this plea deal. You yeah. know, take this deal. It's 20 years, whatever. And she says, he's a good kid. He has no other record. Let's do five years. His exact quote is, look at him. It looks the part to me.
0: Yeah. Do you remember Conan on Nintendo? Oh, how about Earthworm Jim on 64? That was my jam. Do you wish he still had it? Or maybe you have it and you're looking to clean out your collection and make some extra cash. Luckily, either way, we have the answer for you. Ridley's Gaming Realm. It's a one-stop shop for great gaming discussion, as well as a place for retro buying, selling, and trading without all the fees and drama of the other selling sites. They pride themselves on having over a year of zero reported scams. And you can find them on Facebook. Just search Ridley's Gaming Realm. That's R-I-D-L-E-Y-S or click on the link in the show description. And make sure you tell them DFAT sent you.
2: From the far reaches of the galaxy to an internet location near you, we're don'tforgetatowel.com, your daily source for geeky pop culture news, reviews, interviews, and so much more. So as you're hitchhiking your way through the universe, don't forget to travel safe, and don't forget, a towel.
1: So to me, even though you're the DA's assistant, you know, sometimes your job and your position gets in the way. Yes, your job is to put him in jail, but not to put him in jail, to put the guilty in jail.
0: Yeah, I think I, I didn't read into it that much. I, I think you're right. I think you're 100% right. They're definitely painting. He He, he represents the system, right? he he is the representative of the system literally uh, in real life the da is rep- representative of the system and he's basically saying in in so many words i've got to put away somebody it doesn't really yeah. matter who yeah. it is and he fits the part yep essentially saying he's a young black kid so of course he committed this crime um which again i i understand why it's there it it doesn't matter to me i think there's definitely a race aspect to this movie um that they tried to paint in with comments like that but at the end of the day i think it's really about innocence regardless of race um you know because this could just but, have easily been uh a everybody white define, or,
1: in Innocence senses is not black and white
0: right that what's well, my point is that i think they they used scenes like that to paint paint a racial undertone to this movie but it wasn't needed well and and when i say black or
1: white i don't mean skin i mean innocence um and we'll get into it but innocence is basically it's not if you did it or not it's your ability to prove if you did it or not to the jury
0: but so that's that's a phallus in my opinion and here's why we're not we're not children anymore. You know, we're not in high school social studies talking about how innocent people get off and guilty people go to jail and trust the system. And, you know, as long as you did nothing wrong, you have nothing to hide or nothing to prove or whatever. Innocent until proven guilty. All that's bullshit. And we know that as adults, you know, innocent people go to jail and bad people get off because right. the system is not perfect. Does it work a majority of the time? Yeah, I'll argue that well, I'll argue if, it works a majority of the time. But has the state put to death innocent people? Yeah, they have. It's been proven. So I, I, I just, I don't know. I think there's, there's a seriousness in this because it's not, you, you could see this happening to anybody. And that's kind of, right. if you're young enough to put yourself in Steve Harmon's position, then it's scary. But if you're old enough to put yourself in Jennifer Hudson's position or Jeffrey Wright's position as the parent's, they could just as easily be your kid. So again, race or no race, I I the message was still across and I didn't I didn't need that saturation in the in the racial undertone.
1: Okay. Well I mean, maybe I, I I looked at the very I looked into this movie a lot, you know, whether <laughs> honestly, it, it I don't know if it hit home or what, but yeah, I So think...
0: here's the thing. The movie still has an amazing impact on me, even without looking into it that much. I mean, I really wanna the ending is is what starts the conversation, right? And I think that's why I'm driving towards that. So in my opinion, w- we get the testimonies, we get the the backstory and you, you kind of get this sense that up until the, the event is revealed in flashback towards the end of the movie as to what really happens. They are painting this picture as Steve Harmon, this innocent young kid and his mom and dad took care of him. His, his, neighborhood might not have been great but he hangs out with king and king robs this bodega with uh, bobo and the other kid what's the other kid's name the 15 year old
1: asvaldo uh,
0: asvaldo's involved somehow he cops a plea bobo also testifies and he testifies that king told him that steve harman was his dude that yep. steve harman was going to do this for them he never met steve Never interacted with him. Didn't know what the signal was going to be. Knew nothing about it. It wasn't his job. That was King's job. And that was the defense.
1: The defense says, how do you go into this not knowing if there is going to be a specific signal for you to get the fuck out of there?
0: Right. Because what happens is the state alleges that Steve Harmon goes into the bodega first to see if anybody's inside. He's the lookout. He's the lookout. He goes in, he buys a drink, which he says when he gets to the stand that it was just a hot day. He was thirsty. It was a cream
1: soda, my friend.
0: Cream soda. You're right. I love cream soda. Me too. Um, I love it. He buys the drink, he leaves the bodega, and they allege that he throws a signal to King and Bobo, which gives them the okay. They rush in the bodega, they rob the place. Unfortunately, the bodega owner, cashier, gets shot and dies, and now they're on trial for murder. Bobo and the 15-year-old have already turned state's evidence, and they've testified against Steve and King. King has a, a huge freak out in the courtroom, and he is found guilty. So he not was not surprised. Not surprised. He was one of the two guys in the bodega, so not surprised. Steve is found innocent because they, the jury believes that he was not involved, and he was just in the wrong place at the wrong time. So is there anything that you want to say about that before we get into the scene that is revealed as to what actually took place at this, at this point, when you're watching the movie, do you think like, do you think he's innocent? So, so here's my thing. All right. And I'm just, I'm going to
1: speak from the heart. Like it just, just being real. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to speak on what's liable, what's unreliable, what's offenseful and what's not offenseful. So did he do it? Maybe. Probably. But did he do it thinking they were going to kill the fucking guy? No. Did he do it out of fear? Yeah.
0: Okay, so you, at this point in the movie, before you see what actually took place, you think he's probably involved, although maybe like bullied into no, it. The maybe whole, that's the whole
1: time I thought. because The whole time? I, the whole time. Because in my opinion, the way my mind works is even if I was involved, but I didn't know about it, I can't say that in the court of law without someone else thinking that I'm fucking crazy.
0: Right. What, what do you mean if you, if you were involved but didn't know about it?
1: So in this scenario, if they, if they, if, if I had guys come up to me and say, Hey, we're going to whip your fucking ass or you're going to go in there. And all you gotta do is give me a signal. If someone's in there. Gotcha. I don't know what they're about to do. Right. I don't know if they're about to go in there and just fucking beat some guy up. That's also in the store. You know what I'm saying? I don't know if they're going to rob it or shoot it. I don't, so I don't know if what the you're... fuck. The
0: is. If you're a juror and that's the story you hear, do you convict or no?
1: In this scenario?
0: If you, you're you're in the courtroom and you hear, you know, this story. Yes, well, you hear you hear the kid on trial say, I bumped into him outside the bodega, he threatened my life, told me to go in there and give him a signal, or he was gonna stab me and stab my family or something like that. I don't know. Do and that's, you
1: convict him? But that's where my reel comes out because it's it's hard to do that. You know, you let's break it down. Do you convict a seventeen year old kid that has a lot of life and potential ahead of him for one stupid
0: mistake? Well, that's but and this is this is a good question. This is where we get into the philosophical part of this. Because you have to, you should have to, but you don't, you know. it, It depends on what your belief is for how a jury works. Now And what I mean by that is, in my opinion, you have two different sides of the coin here. Side one is saying, it's not my job to determine how long he goes to prison. It's not my job to determine, you know, if I think he's a bad guy or if I think he'll do this again. My job is just to determine, did he do this act? And in this case, yes, he did. He walked into the bodega. He willingly walked out of the bodega, gave a signal. He's involved in the crime. Side two is saying, well, there might be a minimum. Of 15 years that's too much for that he's only 17 he's a kid you know even if he was involved and and he's he's lying to us he's still young he could he could turn his ways or worse comes to worse he he is an innocent kid and was just fearful for his life so even though he did the action maybe i don't convict because i don't agree with the punishment he's going to receive
1: you put probation on, so th- there's a lot of options that the court has. You could put a probation on for five years, and say, "Look, if you get in trouble in five years, you're going to jail for 20 years. That's 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 it right there. Don't right. get in trouble. And as soon as your probation is over, if you're not in trouble, it expunges.
0: Yeah, but you you don't get to decide that as a why
1: I couldn't convict him.
0: Okay, so you're going with side B, Correct. even though even though he did the action, because of the repercussions he could face, but, you don't know if yeah, he was to convict him. To me, taking someone's freedoms away is a Big
1: fucking deal
0: okay so let's let's talk about what actually happens, so they reveal the scene uh Bobo and King are standing out outside of the bodega on the opposite street side on the opposite uh side of the street uh Steve walks up and King basically says, "Hey, come over here for a second and they start making a couple you know some small talk or whatever, and quickly like right, he's on his bike uh King takes his bike and quickly basically says, "I need you to do something for me and he does strong arm him a little bit he gets a little loud with him and kind of says you're doing this for me um but he at no point does he say i'm going to i'm going to hit you i'm going to beat you up no, nothing like the, that.
1: no but if you watch the scene so he and i watched it a couple times this is a big factor so both of them are up on him they both have their hoodies on and their mm-hmm. faces are basically covered they grab dude's bike and they say hey go in there and tell me if someone's in there he's like oh blah 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 he's like man, what's the fucking problem? And he's like, I got your damn bike. And he pulls his bike close to him, basically like, bitch, you don't, you're not getting
0: this until you do that. Right. Right. But you could also interpret that as him saying, I, I got your bike. Like, don't worry about where your bike's gonna go. I but got aggressive. it while you go do this thing.
1: You have to admit that was aggressive.
0: Oh, agreed. Agreed. All I'm saying is that Per the facts of the scene, at no point does King threaten him. But
1: these and these are the things that a jury will 100%, never A hundred
0: percent, hundred percent. Which are important factors. So Steve walks in, he goes, gets his soda, he cream cashes soda. out, he cream soda. <laughs> he has a quick conversation with the bodega cashier, basically. So oh, he says, "I know everybody." Yeah, I've I never nobody seen. comes in here. I've never seen you before. Are you new to the neighborhood? He says, "No." Okay, well, you know, have a great day, or whatever. He walks out of the bodega and well, kind of he kind of gets gets captured in the the scene of this sun. It looks like it's setting. Um and he looks over at it and he kind of goes off into like a little daydream. He puts his hand up to kind of like pretend like he's filming, which he's done several times throughout the movie. The part. What? It's oh, just... he, he he passes the lady.
1: No. No, besides that, what to me <sighs> The fact that they showed this in the movie—if you go back and watch it—it's a—it's five seconds, if that. He walks out of the bodega. He sees the hot sun and he puts his hand up. But as as he walks out, there's trains that's passing, which they show, mm-hmm. and there's a flock of birds that are flying over. So a lot's going on. Mm-hmm. Did he forget about said signal?
0: I don't. I don't buy that you're in such a tense. Situation but you don't know in your that. Life. But you don't know that. I don't. You're 100. You don't. I'm just saying, as a juror, if that's what I'm told, I don't buy that. You you feel but threatened. You're,
1: you're innocent until
0: proven guilty. Like you, I, I just so regardless, he puts his hand up. That's factual. Oh, the and, hot sun, yeah, I'm blinding. And him. then the the two rush into the bodega So, in my opinion, they don't show that though. They don't. They don't show them rush again. But I mean, you presume that's the next you're logical assuming. thing that happens. Um, well, it's not like they. It's not like they waited an hour and well, then went. You know, in. My thing is okay. So it, even if he did put
1: the signal up, were they already behind him and in, in the corner, so that they actually see the signal? So did
0: the signal matter? Oh, you're you're 100 right. So I mean, there, I, it's not enough information. So the tagline for this movie is "No one has any idea who I am," which I think that in conjunction with this kind of um, very disorienting slash vague um, scene. Yeah, I, I think the point of the movie is to drive that conversation is witnessing what you just witnessed. Is he innocent or is he guilty? So that I, that's, that's the question before we but, get into our games. That's the question I want to ask you watching the movie as it, in its entirety, seeing every scene and, and let's pretend like he was followed around by, by a, a, you know a video guy and you as the juror got to watch all of that. Are you convicting him?
1: if i'm a juror do i do i suspect that he probably gave a signal Well, you tell me do you, I know. Do, you do
0: you suspect Just,
1: that right L- let me finish I'll, I'll go let me go through this okay. so i'm i'm a juror right mm-hmm. say i'm i'm one of the however many do i think he probably was persuaded to be involved and maybe did give a signal yeah absolutely did this kid have an amazing track record? It was obvious in the way he carried himself throughout court and his family. Me personally, I would take a chance on it on him and I would say he's not guilty.
0: Interesting. Interesting. Wait, did he do uh, it? Probably. So it's funny to me that you, that you see those as two separate questions. Did he do it, and is he guilty? I, I agree with you, but I think again, like we talked about before, with the double because sides. I
1: know what. But I know what's coming. I'm assuming what's coming from the judge. If it's if it's a five month sentence and it goes away when he's eighteen, yeah, he's guilty. If I know the sentence, then it's easier for me.
0: Right. No, I mean he's facing twenty years, <laughs> and if it's twenty years, that ain't worth twenty years to me. It's not worth twenty years. I I agree with you. I agree with you that it's not worth twenty years. I agree with you that it's not fair for a 17 year old to get a charge like that. But I also look at it as his involvement was, was great. He, he did not intend on going into that bodega when he was walking down that street, he was ushered into that bodega by his interaction with King and Bobo. That's a fact. When he came out of the bodega, whether he forgot where he was or forgot what he was doing, he knew that he was supposed to throw a hand signal and he put up his hands. I mean, you've got to be more careful than that as a 17-year-old, period. Yeah, you're, right. you're right. So I agree with you. If I if I know, if I can see into the future and if I convict this kid, he's getting 20 years, then no, I'm not convicting him. But having the inability to see into the future, I think what I would do is I would, I would vote to convict, but I would ask that the jury be allowed to, to say, like... Don't give him the maximum. Like, this is a kid. He was in the wrong place at the wrong time. And while he was involved, he clearly is not going down a wrong path. He's clearly not somebody in need of... Yeah, but I of... think
1: simply being on trial was harsh enough. Yeah, and, I mean... And he was in jail the entire time. Let's okay. He hey, so while I say that, I want to go back to a very important time and a very important person that we completely skipped over.
0: And I know exactly what you're going talking about. And here's why I skipped over him. I'm fine with talking about him. And I'm, I'm interested to hear what your opinion is. But much like the lawyers, his he was not necessary in the story at all. But to me, it, from what he said, kind of. That's, he comes down as the black Jesus. But go, go no, ahead. No,
1: no, no, no. Not like that. I mean, what he said, it kind of told me how the movie was going to turn out. At that moment, I knew he was going to be innocent. And I, cause it's a movie in my mind, it's a movie. So what's the ending going to be? They're not going to make this kid go to jail for 20 years and all of a sudden the movie's over. They're just not right. So, but Nas, or mm-hmm. they called him sunset, I believe uh, in the movie, if I remember, is that right? Yeah. It's Raymond sunset green in the movie.
0: Yeah, he is in the movie. He is, he is locked up and interacts with Steve behind bars.
1: So the well, the first interaction is they're out in the the, the rec area for mm-hmm. for an hour or whatever the case is, and they're playing. Or other folks are playing basketball, and Steve Harmon is acting like with his hands that he's filming them because he loves to film. Right, and Oz right. walks over and goes, "Hey, bro, don't do that." Yeah, like they don't want to be watched. Just chill. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. So I think that right there was kind of like I got you in the movie. Um, but later on, the day before his court for all this, this is literally, and I wrote this down. This is what Nas said. He goes in there. He goes, he brings some food. He goes, Hey, wake up, man. You didn't even, you didn't have time to get food. Come on. You got to eat. Right. He goes, you got, you got a big day tomorrow. He goes, Trial isn't about what's real. It's not about what's true. It's about you knowing you. Everyone is guilty. What's the difference between innocence, innocence and guilt? You stand by your own. Truth. So, what you believe to be true is what you need to sell.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I wrote the same thing down. I wrote, uh, "You you think there's only one truth, which is the quote Nas says. He's definitely portraying. He's setting the audience up to to have the debate that really both sides can be right in this, and that it is going to be a debate. It's not. We're not going to paint it clear for you. Well, nobody has
1: their own truth. To me, it was deeper than that because that kid knows he did it but he's basically telling that kid like you, they only know what you're going to tell them what you want them to believe is what they know right like they, it's if that's how it is let's think about that moment who else was there no none of them
0: <laughs> right I, I agree and i also wrote down at this point it seems like he should win which what i was what i was saying there again having not seen the, end of the movie yet was that It seemed like he should win, and I didn't think he was going to. And, and then we see the final scene, and I, I wrote down, did he do it? Here's how the movie ends, <laughs> and I think it's important to, to, to say this. The final scenes of the movie, you hear a voiceover. It's Steve Harmon, and he says, I feel guilt. Not, not I feel guilty. I feel guilt. 93 steps, which is how many steps was between uh, King and Bobo and the, the nice entrance way. to the bodega. I'm yep. He says, what do you see when you look at me? And that's the end of the movie. So again, clearly trying to say, have this conversation. Talk about this. Was he guilty or wasn't he guilty?
1: Sorry. Crazy. A lot of uh, factors. man. Yeah. This movie, it, I, if I defined it, and I wrote down my definition of this movie as far as like philo- philosophical um, trust versus mistrust and the perception of truth.
0: All right. Well, I mean, it's time. Let's let's get into this. Let's play three questions. Let's do this. Okay. So it's a little different from season one. Question number one, what was the message of the film and do you agree with it?
1: I there's a lot of messages I think in this movie to be honest uh but I think the overall message is basically uh and in the most cliche way possible don't judge a book by its cover
0: yeah yeah I mean I think same same general idea I think that I, to me the message of the film was kind of um everybody has their own truth yeah we're uh, on the same line the the idea that just because something looks a certain way or just because you think a certain thing doesn't mean that's the way somebody else sees it. So do you think this was, do you agree with this message?
1: I do. I I actually do a lot. I think it's, it's, to be honest, whether, whether, why they have a reason for not releasing it sooner since 2018 or not. Uh, I think it was perfect timing, you know, with everything Mm -hmm. going on in the world and uh, you know, just the, 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 negativity going on with other races and things like that are all races per se, but I think it's a big deal. Just, we all need to think about it because everybody's a human being and everybody's trying to do the right thing. And that's what you got to trust.
0: Yeah. Um, Question number two, how did the movie leave you feeling? And do you think it was intentional?
1: (sighs) Feeling it made me relieved to be honest with you. Um, I go back to, I know he probably did it, <laughs> but the punishment doesn't fit the crime. So I was relieved that this kid gets to live a full life and smart kid. And I kind of, you know, I got, I got a, I have a son, so, and you do too. You have two boys. So yeah. that's instantly what I went to is like, this kid's got a full life and his parents love him. So,
0: yeah, I mean, one thing I will say is I think this movie really does bring out in the conversation, um, uh, the, the idea behind mandatory minimums and this, this, these rules that were put in place in the eighties and nineties. And listen, we can, we can debate as to whether or not they're inherently racist. Um, but even aside from that, let's, put that debate aside and just focus on the fact that we have mandatory minimums, meaning if you are convicted of this crime, regardless of the circumstances, it doesn't matter how it happens. If you get convicted, you have to do at least so many years. Um, and that's just ridiculous because that to me that that says it is a black and white thing, not not race wise, but that there is no gray area that like this scenario where you could have done something, but it does not warrant the minimum sentence.
1: Well, a judge could have, you know, like you're saying, a judge could have put his foot forward and said, you know what? Hey, I get it. Here's the norm. But this ain't the norm. OK, right. this kid did it. But he doesn't mean no damn harm
0: yeah we're seeing more and more of those mandatory minimums get uh, repealed, and that's that's awesome in my opinion. but uh, the last question, what is the most important sequence in the movie?
1: That's a really good question. Um,
0: but something most, unique something unique about this movie ninety eight minutes. It's an hour and thirty eight minutes. a pretty pretty quick movie, right
1: I think the most important sequence to me looking back. We haven't talked about this, but it shows to me. And I'm just watching the fucking movie, right? So just remember, I'm just seeing these scenes wherever the camera goes. In the scene where his mom asked him to go to the store, and mm-hmm. the news was on, and they said there was some this person murdered, and there was four suspects, not all in custody. He got nervous,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and that to me, right there, it told me he was he was he was guilty. He did it. He knows right. he
0: did it he knows he knows he was involved in something, yeah, and I, we didn't we didn't talk about that scene, but you're hundred percent right. I had that in my notes as well is that he was very concerned about the news coverage. And to me, that again, steers the conversation more towards whether he was caught up in the moment or not and doing the hand signal. He at least recognized afterwards that he he made a signal that he had done something wrong. And and therefore feared being arrested. So yeah. yeah, I mean the most important sequence in the movie, it, it's hard not to say the actual, you know, bodega scene, um, which we get at the end of the film. I, I don't like saying that because it comes so late in the film, but that's really what the entire film is building to, right? Is is this kind of answer which doesn't even give you a full answer. Um, as to what took place. So I'm going to have to go with that. Although I'm not a huge fan because it's the it's like end, the end of the movie.
1: <laughs> True. But I think that's, it, if you put it anywhere else, then the movie's not as right. G- dramatic.
0: Right. You've got to, you've got to walk through that movie playing the, is he, is he, you know, game the whole time.
1: Yeah. That's where I think it was well played.
0: All right. So on a scale of one to 10, one being horrible and 10 being a masterpiece, what rating do you give this movie?
1: Is there decimals
0: allowed? Uh, I'll give you one decimal,
1: one decimal. Okay. One Let's decimal. do, I'll do 6.6, 6.6. 6.
0: You know, um, for this one, I like, I like the conversation that it's trying to make you have, um, you're not quite there. Anthony, uh, Madler, the, uh, the director, You, I think you can be, and I think that we're going to see some good stuff out of you at some point in the future, even if it's still Netflix stuff only. um, I think if somebody gives you the chance, you can hone your skill. But you're not quite there. Not a Jennifer Hudson fan. Um, Thank God she's a small role in this film. Uh, I'm I'm inclined to kind of go with you around the six range, and I'm going to go six, eight. Oh, I think you get a couple extra points because you're you're making the conversation happen for sure. You're you're achieving that goal, so I give it to you. Okay,
1: well, see, that's what I'm saying is I, I thought about this movie a lot more methodically than probably some others would have. Yeah. I broke it down a lot. You know, I I just thought about every scenario and what would be going through my mind. So it was and cool.
0: You, and you can, I mean, that's the best part about this movie is that there's a lot of roads that can lead you down. So I do want to play Guess at Tomato. We brought that back for season two. guess that tomato where i challenge the guest to correctly identify the audience rating for your movie uh of choice on rotten tomatoes rotten tomatoes has the audience and the critic score so you're gonna guess and then i'm gonna give you some hints and then you can change your guess if you want and we'll see how close you are
1: wait so you say it again is this a decimal is this a percentage what is this again this is zero to a hundred uh whole numbers only okay so and do i get hints you said
0: i will give you hints after you make your first guess
1: so rotten tomatoes they're pretty harsh i would say Uh,
0: fuck let's do 55 55 okay so here's what i'm going to give you i am gonna well first i'm going to give you what the critic score for this movie was uh 61 critics have rated this movie an average of 67 critics are dicks critics are dicks uh, next thing I'm going to do is I'm going to give you three movies that are within 2% of this movie. So these Ooh. are very similar rated movies here. Movie number one, the mule Clint Eastwood's film about an old man who, smuggles, doing, man who smuggles drugs in the most disappointing way possible. The only way that movie works is if he boosts those drugs and he doesn't. It's very disappointing. Wait, well, who's the main actor? Clint Eastwood.
1: Okay. That, so that's, like, that's, a, like that's a good rating automatically. Seven years old. Dude, gets like a 70 something rating already
0: movie number two ready player one the oasis for anyone who can get past Steven spielberg's need to reference every single movie video game and tv show ever made this movie we just recently did this on the on the podcast i don't i don't love it it's okay spielberg to me is listen unpopular opinion Spielberg is washed up. I'm sorry. Can he come back? Can he have a resurgence? Sure. Am I rooting for it? Absolutely. But if you look at his filmography for the last 10 to 12 years, I'll I'll even give you ready player one. He's got maybe two or three bankable hits. Yeah, but not
1: enough. The times have changed and a lot of things are out there these days. So it's, very difficult to find that one story and that one ending or that one piece that just hits. You know what I mean?
0: He plays it too easy. Now he plays it too easy. He goes with, he goes with sure things and this Netflix deal that he just went into. I'm anxious to see how that turns out because I don't see Netflix putting out Spielberg esque movies like, like Spielberg was, you know, with ET and and the early part of his career. So we'll see. But
1: all right. So you said you gave me two movies. That was it.
0: Movie number three, and this three, is the last okay. one, American Sniper, the movie that does little to end the debate on whether or not Bradley Cooper is a good actor. Do you Fuck. like Bradley Cooper? You know what I do? He's a really good actor. I, I don't know. I don't know. I think he's a good director, but actor, I don't know. There are movies that he's really good in, but mainly early in his career. The movies he's in now, I think he's trying too hard
1: i can see that for sure you know he was on that zach galifianakis uh the between two ferns that shit was so fun he's like oh so you're wearing a shirt are you okay
0: that's what zach said to
1: (laughs) (laughs) and he's He's like i got 15 fucking minutes i'm getting out of here
0: um okay so do you want to change your guess i think you said 55 do you want to change your guess yes
1: i'm going to change it and I, i earlier out of a 1 to 10 scale that you asked me about this movie. I said 6.6. 6. I'm just going to mm-hmm. stick with 66% and see Ooh. where I fall.
0: All right. The correct answer is... 72%. 72%. You son of a bitch. You were closer with the 66. I was going to say that too. That's, the fucking that's a good score. I, I don't agree with it, but that's a good score. I've so what do, you, some... what do you score? I, I still stick with 6.8.
1: Okay, that's not, yeah, but that's, that's close. You're, you're pin you're, that's close.
0: Yeah, it's close. I think it's it's a, it's a good movie. I would, I, I recommended it to somebody today. You should, you should watch this. It's a quick hour and a half, you know, go for it. Well, I'm glad it
1: was an hour and a half. So you can watch that one day that after it, uh, yeah. <laughs>
0: after I <screwed> this up. <laughs> um, so it's a firm belief of the owners. Don't forget a Tile that everybody geeks out on something. While it may not be movies and comic books, maybe it's, you know, robbing bodegas and, uh, taking film classes. So I've got to ask you, Mike, what is it you're geeking out on right now? So
1: as you know, me, I'm going to say a few things here. I'm geeking out on July 10th is going to be Conor McGregor versus Dustin Poyier three. Uh, it's one to one right now. My homeboy Sugar Sean O'Malley is fighting on that fight. Bobby, you're you're formally invited because uh, some guy that wears cleats and Joe is going to come over too. Um, but that's not it. Um, today is also the 50 year anniversary of to where the United States Air Force came out and said Roswell was not real. Uh, and this week is when the alien document uh, documents are supposed to come out. So I just want to shed that to light. But
0: yeah, that's crazy. It's, I'm going to be yes. very interested to see what happens with that.
1: What is it going to happen this week? I feel I feel like they're just going to say, we have no proof. And that's basically it. Um, but anyway, so what I'm really geeking out about is football season. I can't fucking wait. The Niners got Trey Lance. What's going to happen with him and Jimmy Garoppolo? Uh, the Saints... They got Jameis Winston, so they're going to suck dick. 31-20, <laughs> to 20, the Saints are going to lose to the Buffalo Bills on Thanksgiving Day. 31-20. So
0: to 20. Got it on, I, on. And
1: I have it screenshotted from our message that you posted on Facebook. So when you try to come at me, don't <laughs> at me, bro.
0: <laughs> Dude, what do you think is going to happen with the Niners?
1: Um, I think Jimmy's going to start. Um, you know, there's no, no place to trade him right now. So you start him unless... Trey is really that ready, which he's starting to look the part now. Um, but I, I would start in week eight or week seven after our bye week. I forgot which week it was, but whatever Ooh. week after our bye week.
0: That's a good call. That's a good call. I I think Garoppolo could could succeed on a different team. I I I don't think somebody sits behind Tom Brady and under Bill Belichick for that long. But, and, um, and his
1: nobody needs him. And the problem is his contract right now is 24 million dollars. So if they trade him, someone's got to eat that money. And if they no. don't want to eat that money, the Niners got to cut him because the Niners can cut him and just make all that money up. They
0: don't owe him shit. Right. No, I, I agree. I think I think that could definitely happen. I just think if he gets cut, he's going to get picked up. And I think if he gets picked up by the right team, you could see him as a starter on a Broncos. on a playoff team. Broncos. Yeah, that's a good. That's a good. Well, thanks thanks so much, Mike, for being on the show. I really appreciate it, man.
1: Thanks for having me, bro. I
0: appreciate it. having me on next season, motherfucker. For sure. <laughs> got Gutsy Media Podcast. Leave a message about any movies you covered and maybe we'll add to the show. Thanks.
2: Hey, it's Mario Lambeau from Staten Island calling you about the movie Monster. I hate this shit. I hate when you make me watch dumbass movies that you recommend that I don't want to watch. Monster? Don't watch it. Turn that shit off. I watch movies to escape. I don't want to see this bullshit. It's a knockoff of every other goddamn movie about true crime, is happening in politics nowadays, how people feel, yada, yada, yada. B-list actors, B-list directing, B-list script, B-list podcast. You're slipping, you're fucking up. Don't so nobody give a shit about it. Monster, had you watching that movie with Charlize Theron halfway through before I realized this ain't a motherfucking movie. Monster, watched Monsters, Inc. halfway through, realized this ain't a motherfucking movie. I watched some other movies with Monster in the title. You ain't an X-rated podcast. Can't do that. It's just whack. You're whack. Mario out.